Welcome to the Abundant Life Church Sermon of the Week. We hope you enjoy this message by our guest speaker. For more information about Abundant Life Church, please visit www.abundantlifechurch.org. It's been a while since I've been with you, Abundant Life, and I wish that I could see all of your wonderful faces, and that you didn't just have to stare at mine, <laughs> but we'll make do with what we have today. Amen. I'm so thankful for Abundant Life. It was five years ago uh, this month, I believe just a couple of days ago in 2015, where I started uh, my journey of evangelism. It was your bishop and your pastor who believed in me, and all of you gave me a chance. I, uh, I've heard that message back, and it, uh, my goodness, I'm thankful for your grace and mercy, church. <laughs> it was, uh, the message was from the Lord, but the messenger had a lot of work to do, and I still do, but I'm grateful to be on this journey, and I'm grateful to be with you. If you do have your Bibles, I would like to turn in the scripture today. I'd like to turn to Matthew chapter 8 in verse 23. I felt like somebody needed to know today that you don't need the answer. You've been looking for the answer and you've been searching it out, but you already have the answer. You just need to apply the answer to your situation. Amen. Jesus is the answer. John 15, he told his disciples, he said, without me, you can do nothing. You can do nothing. And I want to encourage somebody in the Lord today. Matthew 8, verse 23. Now, when Jesus got into a boat, his disciples followed him. And suddenly a great tempest arose on the sea so that the boat was covered with the waves, but Jesus was asleep. Then his disciples came to him and awoke him, saying, Lord, save us, we are perishing. But Jesus said to them, Why are you fearful, O you of little faith? Then he arose and rebuked the wind and the sea, and there was a great calm. Verse 27, So the men marveled, saying, who can this be that even the winds and the sea obey him? Jesus calmed the storm, and they still had to ask the question, who is this that even the elements obey him? Isn't that interesting? But I believe that God wants to open our eyes today. I believe that he wants to do a work. I don't, again, I don't know who's watching. I don't know what your need is, but the Lord does, and I believe that he wants to confirm to you today his word. I don't necessarily believe that you will hear something perhaps that you've never heard before, but I believe if you will open up your heart, that God will minister to you today in a special way. I believe that for myself as well. I want God to minister to me. I don't want to leave the presence of the Lord having heard the word of God and be the same way, but I want to be changed. I want to be different. Don't you? Could you just lift up your hands one more time? 
uh, before we go into the word of the Lord and say, Lord, would you touch our hearts today? God, would you minister today? Let your power minister to somebody's heart today. Lord, you've got a word of encouragement, a word of faith, and we receive that word. I want to be not just a hearer, but a doer of the word. I want to respond to your word with a yes in my spirit, with no hesitation, no negotiation. I simply want to obey you. I want to trust you. I want you to be pleased, Lord, with my heart's response to your word today. I pray in the name of Jesus that whatever need there is, that you would supply it through your word today. God, grace is with us and mercy is with us. If somebody needs to be forgiven of their sins, access is available because you made a way. Thank you, Lord, for dying for us, Lord. But you didn't stop there. You rose again. And thank you that you didn't stop there, but you're interceding on our behalf. Even today, God, you're interceding on our behalf. And we ask that you would have your way in Jesus' name. Can you help me say in Jesus' name? Amen. And those that are here, the few that are here, you can be seated. I do ask, I don't know what your normal process is when you are having online church, but I do ask that for the next few moments that we would uh, remove distractions if there are any and focus on what the Lord wants to do today. Uh, I just feel like telling somebody that you are ready and that you have what you need. You have what you need. Has life ever happened to anybody? <laughs> um, life seems to happen to me a lot. I feel like sometimes life happens to me more than it happens to others. I don't know if I have a sticker on my forehead that says, pick me. But I have done some uh, pretty silly things, pretty embarrassing things, um, I have told some stories here, I'm sure, of some mishaps. I booked a flight one time, I believe it was last year, out of uh, Columbia, South Carolina. I was preaching in a neighboring city about an hour and a half away, and I needed to fly to Houston for a day and then come right back. I was driving to the airport about an hour and a half away. It was about 3.30 in the morning. My flight was to leave about 6. And I thought, okay, let me just check my itinerary here. And as I pulled it up, my, my heart sank as I realized I did not book the flight out of Columbia, South Carolina, but I booked the flight out of uh, Baltimore. And I said, well, I don't think I'm going to make this flight today. <laughs> Life just happens sometimes. Um, there was a time where I took up my own offering or at least attempted to. I don't know if I told that story here. It may have been some time back, but, uh, was at one of the first re revivals to this church in, in Southern Illinois, which is a lot different than Northern Illinois. It's a lot different than the Chicago area. It's, uh, it's like two different worlds. Uh, I know that you guys are Bears fans around here, so I just wanted to make sure that I, I clarified that that uh, southern Illinois, I was there, and, and the pastor there, such a good man, but he was so anxious, and he was asking, brother, he was turning to me during worship service and saying, brother, now, would you tell me your name again? Just say your name, and he, he wanted to get it right. I said, brother, please, 
you can call me whatever you want. Just call me Joe. That's fine. You know, Brother Joe or whatever is fine, but you don't have to call me Brother Zerpoli. And so the assistant pastor comes to take up the offering and to give announcements, and I'm sitting on the front row, and he says, Brother Joe, will you come take up the offering? And I thought that was a little odd because I had never taken up my own offering before in a service. <laughs> so I, I said, well, the man of God asked me to do something. I'm going to do it. So sheepishly, I walk up to the front. And the offering plate is right in front of the pulpit. I'm, I'm bending over to pick up the offering plate, and the whole church starts laughing. And I turn around to see Brother Joe, the usher, Brother Joe, the real Brother Joe, the one he was talking to, he wasn't talking to me. Can I tell you that wasn't a great way to start off a revival, but I should have taken advantage of it, I guess, and, you know, passed around the plate. Sir, that's only a five. Could you at least do a 20 or something? <laughs> I'm just kidding. But life happens. You know, things happen in life, and uh, a lot of times we, we tend to blame the devil, or even blame God. And sometimes it's just life. The devil doesn't have a lot to do with some of the things that we blame him for. <laughs> it's easy to assign blame. In our culture today, we try to assign blame. And it's so funny to me, the issues that we're having in our world today, uh, the pandemic, and uh, one of, it's not funny, but it, it, is, it is a little humorous to think that when somebody contracts this virus that we need to know where this virus came from. Where did you pick that up? Where did you contract the virus? I, it, that is odd to me because never in my life have I gotten the flu or gotten sick and said, now who can I blame this on? Whose fault is this? Because really, when you're sick, it doesn't really even matter anymore. You're sick. You've got to get over it. You've got to get better. But we live in a society today that wants to assign blame. Because if you can assign blame, it's somehow easier for you to come out from underneath accountability. But that's not the way it works. It doesn't work that way. It feels that way, perhaps, that if you can point the finger at somebody else, that you can escape blame. It happened in the very beginning. We live in a world that it, things, uh, things change all the time, but the more they change, the more things stay the same. It, it, it happened in the very beginning when Adam pointed his finger at Eve, and Eve then pointed her finger at the serpent. We're good at blaming others for the messes that we find ourselves in. Somehow makes us feel better, but this is very short-lived to anybody who wants to be honest. If you really want to be honest, and you really want to fix a situation, you've got to look in the mirror. You have to. Jesus said it as well. He, he, I love the Lord because he never lets us off the hook. And even in his day, when they brought to him a political situation, a situation where people were, were murdered at the hands of authorities, and, and Jesus looked at them and said, you know, except you repent, you will perish. He doesn't let us off the hook. Galatians chapter 5, verse 19 through 21. We love Galatians 5 because it tells us about the fruit of the Spirit. But that's in a couple verses later 
in verses 19, 19 through 21, says, Now the works of the flesh are manifest, which are these, adultery, fornication, uncleanness, lasciviousness, idolatry, witchcraft, hatred, variance, emulations, wrath, strife, seditions, heresies. The works of what? The works of the flesh. Envyings, murders, drunkenness, revelings, the works of what? The works of the flesh, not the works of Satan, the works of the flesh. Now, don't get me wrong. The enemy would love to join your team and help you out. But the problems in our world today start right here in this heart. That's why the psalmist said, search me, O God, and know my thoughts. Try me, know my heart, see if there be any wicked way in me. That's why Jeremiah chapter 17 said, the heart is deceitful above all and desperately wicked. Who can know it? We don't even know our own hearts and what we would like to blame on others or blame on our past or blame on the devil. He's really got nothing to do with. It's the works of our own flesh. And let me tell you this, I've got great news for somebody today that if 6,000 demons could not stop a crazy man from running to Jesus and falling down at his feet and worshiping him, there is nothing that can stop you today from worshiping Jesus Christ, from receiving your breakthrough, from receiving your miracle. Nothing and nobody can stop you except you. Nothing can stop me today except me. Sometimes we try to assign blame and we ask God, where are you, God? Why did you allow this to happen? And God really didn't have anything to do with that situation either, other than the fact that he allowed it to happen, that he set up a world, a worldly system where it rains on the just and the unjust. Things just happen. But for us to be delivered, for us to be set free, I want to talk to somebody today. For you to receive what you need today, you've got to become honest with yourself. John 8, 32, Jesus said, you shall know the truth and the truth shall make you free. Without being truthful about yourself, you'll never get around to knowing the way, the truth, and the life. Jesus said, I am the truth. And we've got to be honest with ourselves if we want to get honest with him and others. Amen. But I want somebody to know that there is hope today and there is mercy available for you. If you need a miracle, he's here. Jesus got into the boat, told his disciples to go. We're going to the other side. And it's interesting here that a storm comes up. Can I tell you, any time that you want to make progress, any time that you want to obey the voice of the Lord, any time that you want to do what God's telling you to do, there will always be opposition. And the Lord does allow that. And the enemy does bring opposition. When you make up your mind, you're going to serve the Lord. Has anybody been there? I know we all have. If you re have received the Holy Ghost and decided my life is changing from here, I'm not going to be the same. Amen. All hell will break loose because the enemy is after not just 
what you have received, but if he can steal it, if he can kill it, then all of the people that are looking to you and all of the influence that you have, he doesn't just take you out, but he takes all of them out as well. So you can, you can bet on this, that when you decide to follow after the voice of the Lord, problems are going to arise. And I want somebody to know that God is with us and he is for us. They come to him because a storm, a storm is happening that they can't take care of. These are fishermen. These are experts. They know. They've been a part uh, involved with storms before. And, and so it's not the first time that they've been in trouble. Jesus is asleep, one writer said, on the back of the boat. And one writer said he's on a pillow. You could just picture Jesus uh, comfortable. Nothing's bothering him. And the disciples come and say, don't you care that we're perishing? Now, I want you to listen to the lies of the enemy and the voices all around us right now that are saying, you're perishing. The sky is falling. If you just tap on the news, you see all of the headlines. You don't even have to read the articles. You just read the headlines, and you would think that the sky is falling all around you. There are many, many voices in the winds and the waves, and the disciples apparently started listening to the voices because they came with fear. Don't you care that we are perishing? And they wake Jesus up. Now, all of my life I have considered that, you know, if you've got a problem, just wake him up. Just wake him up. Go get him. But I imagine Jesus comfortable asleep, and he's annoyed, actually, that they come and disturb him. Have you ever had anybody run into your room, you're taking a nice nap, and just start screaming? (laughs) And once you come to your wits, I mean, you're just, you're annoyed. Usually it's, uh, it's not something serious that would, <laughs> that would disturb your nap. And have you ever been there? You're just annoyed. You're not ready to wake up. I imagine now Jesus was annoyed. He looked at them and said, oh, oh you of little faith? Who are you listening to? Who told you you're going to perish? I want to let somebody know that as long as he's on the boat... You're on the boat with him, you're not going down. You're not going to perish. Somebody's lying to you. I want somebody to know that that I rebuke fear today. I rebuke that doubt. I rebuke that negativity that you've been entertaining for too long, just like the disciples saying, we are perishing. We don't know a way out. Can I tell you, Jesus is asleep on the boat and he's comfortable. Why? Because even in the middle of chaos, Jesus knows his mission. He's on mission. This boat ain't going down. If you're on another side boat somewhere, oh, I feel sorry for you. You're on your own. But as long as Jesus is on the boat, he's told you we're going to cross over to the other side. I want to speak encouragement to somebody's heart today. No matter what you're going through, I'm here to tell you, there is nothing that can stop you from getting to the other side because Jesus is on the boat. He's on the boat. You're not going down. And I just feel like right now that we've been uh, in, in this, we've been dealing with this uh, weird, crazy world, all of us, 
in 2020, and there have been many uh, memes and many jokes about it, and, and we just can't wait to get past 2020 and, and all of this stuff. We've all been dealing with the same stuff, and it seems like our country is in chaos and turmoil everywhere that you look. But I'm here to tell you this boat is not going down if Jesus is on it. And I'm talking about, I'm not talking about America. I'm talking about the church of the living God. That God is for us and he is on a mission. And this boat isn't going down. So if you will endure, if you will hang on by faith. Now you have what you need. And I believe that the Holy Ghost is telling us it is time to activate what is inside of you right now. Because Jesus is coming for a ready people, for a prepared people. I'm not talking about getting ready. If you're not ready, it's the mercy of God that's available for all of us today to repent of your sins and to make sure that you clean house, do whatever it takes to make sure that you're pleasing God. Because I'm telling you, it is not the will of God that we just get ready. We're not going to have an opportunity to get ready. No man knows the day or the hour when that trumpet sounds and and when he comes back for his bride. And and if you're not ready, there's no time to get ready because suddenly it's going to happen. I'm talking to a people who feel it inside of you. You you know that I'm just confirming what the Lord has been telling you. I'm not telling you anything new, but he's coming back for a prepared church, for a people who have made themselves ready, for a people who are currently ready. If you're not ready, I'm here to tell you the mercy of God is here. So it's time to get ready today. But for those who have been struggling and doubting and fearing and wondering, why can't I feel the presence of the Lord? Why why can't I hear the voice of God? Why don't I seem to have direction? Why? Because a storm is going on. But I'm here to tell you, don't get fearful because God is with you. And if God is with you, everything's going to be okay. But here's the situation. We have to move from a place of, God, I need you to rescue me. We've got to get out of that to a place of I have what it takes to endure to the end because he promised he would never leave me. He would never forsake me, that he would always be with me. I must realize what I have inside of me. I've got to stir up the gift of of the Holy Ghost. It cannot be a rescue situation every time. Lord, I'm in need. I need you to come through. God is saying, I'm already with you. I'm already here. It's time for you to activate the faith that is inside of you. It's not a rescue situation. Leave me comfortable. Leave me be. I'm just trying to take a rest. If you realize what the power that's inside of you, you don't have to come screaming and waking me up. You don't have to listen to the noise that's going on around you. You can just have enough faith to speak to the storm yourself. To speak to the storm yourself. I'm talking to a church right now. Holy Ghost is talking to each and every one of us. He's talking to me as well. You have what it takes to speak to the storm yourself. And if not that, at least to endure the storm. If you're not going to speak to it, or if you speak to it and nothing happens, I want you to realize that he that endureth to the end shall be saved. When the Son of Man comes back, Jesus said, Luke 18, 8, he's going to be looking for one thing. He's going to be looking for faith. Will he find faith on the earth? When we hear, if we are blessed, if we are blessed enough to hear those words in that final day, he will say, well done, thou good and faithful servant. 
Faith, the faith that is inside of you. You've been saying, no, maybe you've been feeling I'm unprepared. I don't know. But I'm telling you, the Holy Ghost is with you. God is for you. And if God be for you, who can be against you? I'm here to encourage you, church, that you have what it takes to endure the storm. Hallelujah. Come on, can you lift up your hands right now and say, Lord, I changed my perspective, God. Open up my eyes to see, just like you opened up the eyes of the servant in that day to see the angel armies. Help me to see that you are for me, that you are with me, God, that I can endure. God, I want to be encouraged by your word today. Whose report will you believe? We shall believe the report of the Lord. I'm here to encourage somebody today that God is with us. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. It's time to stir up that gift. Wherever you're watching, if you're in your homes, if you're in your cars, it's time to stir up that gift right now. That's what I'm talking about, about removing distractions. And and maybe as a family, you can gather together and make sure that you're in one mind and one accord, that you remove all else and that you begin to stir up the gift that is inside of you. Hallelujah. Because God wants to do a work in these last days and he doesn't want to do it by himself. But in fact, he has called you to do it you God is looking for a church to be the church in these last days God is looking for the church not to be scared not to be worried not to be fearful he's looking for the church to be the church I know that we're in a situation where we've got to consider the needs of others. I realize that. I understand that, and I'm thankful for people who have hearts of compassion. I realize we're towing a line. We're walking a line here that says we've never been here before. Pastors have never dealt with this before. Evangelists have never dealt with this before. People have never dealt with this before. I understand I understand that we must be careful. We must be prudent. But hear me, we do not walk in fear. We walk by faith. And I'm here to tell you, if you're sitting at home and you're scared of a virus, that is not of God. I rebuke that in the name of Jesus Christ. You need to lift up your eyes and understand where your help's coming from. That God allowed this to happen and God's not scared and God's not confused and God's still on the throne and God still has all power to do anything. He can break it in a moment. The question maybe some of you are asking is, well, why hasn't he yet? God desires for the church to be the church. In these last days, it's time for the church to rise up in faith. You see, we've been at this precipice before, perhaps not the same circumstances that are going on right now, but God has tried to shake some things, shake some things loose from us before. But here's what's happened. We go back and find our little routine like we did yesterday. 9-11 happened, and that was unprecedented, and we had never seen anything like that, and it was scary, and and, and for, for a couple of weeks at least, people were coming together as a church, and people were praying, and people didn't know what to do, and so they were putting their hope back where it belonged, in Jesus Christ. They were putting their trust and their stock back where it belonged, in the name of the Lord, not in the name of America, not in the USA, not in the government, but we were going back to where it all began, and God is to desiring to shake some things loose from us that we've been holding so dear, so close to our hearts. Hear me, I love America. I know, I know we, we, we live, we, this is a church that loves America. I, I, I get all that, but America is not where I put my stock. I, I understand that it's a worldly system, and if it's a worldly government set up, it will fall. It will crash. But let me tell you, what's not going to crash is this boat that I'm on, this church, amen, this good old gospel ship. As long as Jesus is on the boat, everything is going to be all right. 
But he's annoyed with her faith. He said, oh, you of little faith, why do you come to me screaming? Why does it always have to be a rescue mission from me? Why don't you realize what you have? And God is speaking the same thing to the church. If you would realize what's inside of you, you don't have to call on me to come rescue you every single time. You don't have to, you don't have to tell your friend, I'll pray for you and walk away and, and give me the name that you need me to put on my prayer list. That's a cop-out. That, you don't have to tell your friend, hey, let me invite you to my church. It's another cop-out. When you have the words of life inside of you, when you can open up your mouth and start speaking faith and encouragement to somebody else, it's time for the church to be the church, and you have what you need. You've got everything that you need. There's no new Holy Ghost that will fall. There's no new anointing that's going to break forth. No, you have exactly what you need in this hour. And I'm telling you, he that loves his life will lose it, Jesus said. But he that loses his life for my sake shall indeed find it. Never, never has that verse made more sense to me than in the age that we're living in right now. If, you're, if you love your life so much that you're willing to sit home in isolation and you're scared to come out of your house, let me tell you something, you love your life too much. Are you prepared for what God wants to do in these last days? He's looking for a people that are not looking for excuses to not come out of their house. Or he's looking for people who are not looking for excuses to not come to church but take a two or three week vacation. God ain't looking for that mess anymore. God's looking for a people that are all in. He's looking for a church. Come on. There's a separating. There's a dividing going on in our world right now. And God is separating the sheep from the goats. And he's looking for those who are all in and who mean business. Oh, and at the end of Hebrews chapter 12, God shakes things. Why? Not so much to identify goats, but to identify sheep. He wants to identify who are my true warriors, who are the people that don't just profess with their mouths, but live their own life and, and, and fend for their own family and build their own wealth and put trust in their own career and money in the bank and relationships. God's look, God said, hey, you know what? For a time, maybe back in December, maybe, maybe the Christian that I used to be, where I used to rely on that, he said, no more. I'm here to tell you it's not going to get better. It's going to get worse because God is shaking some things right now in our world. And if you're looking to go back to a place of comfortability, I, I, I know you're not hearing anything new. I'm not saying that I'm bringing something new. I'm just confirming what God is saying right now. We're not going back. God's looking for a people who are moving forward, who are moving forward by faith. Oh, I don't want to get too comfortable, folks. This world is not my home. This world's not my home. If you're scared of something right now, if you're fearful, what you fear controls you. It controls you. If you're fearful of a virus, it controls you. If you're fearful that our government is losing control, you're being controlled. If you're fearful that protests and riots and things are getting out of hand if you're fearful for your life and for your family it's controlling and consuming you that's why the bible says that the fear of the lord is the beginning of wisdom because if you fear god you have no need to fear anything else if you put your fear and your trust and your faith in god where it belongs you don't fear anything else to live is Christ, to die is gain, the apostle said. Our elders said it all the time, even so, come quickly, Lord Jesus. 
I wonder how many of our younger people can say that. I'm talking to myself too. I'm looking in the mirror of the word of God today. And I'm saying, if you cannot say those words, even so, come quickly, Lord Jesus. Then there's something that still you are fearing or something that you're still desiring or something that you're still hanging on to and God's desiring to shake that loose from you and understand that the only thing that's going to get you through is your faith in Jesus Christ and it's not your professed faith but it is your action when you really believe when you really believe his word you're going to move you're going to do what he tells you to do when you really love him he said if you love me you're going to keep my commandments oh that's a tall task to just say I I love you Lord really am I obeying every single command oh God's looking for a church come on that will allow themselves to be shook loose in these times I'm here to tell you that God has prepared you he's prepared you and I want you to understand that it's time for the church to be the church come on let's lift up our hands and say Lord I'm ready to be who you have called me to be. I'm not going to live in fear. I'm going to walk by faith. That's it, church. Come on, I'm going to respond in faith. Hallelujah. I'm not going to be afraid. How can you lay hands on somebody and their sickness be healed or their devil be cast out when you're afraid of a sickness yourself. It cannot be that way. I will not be afraid. I will not fear. It is not myself. It is not my flesh. It is not my power or even my knowledge or understanding of this word. It is not by might nor by power, but by my spirit, thus saith the Lord. It begins and it ends with him. And let me tell you, he wants to complete the work that he started in you. If you'll just hold on by faith. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. Uh, John chapter 1, one verse 1. And, and Genesis chapter 1, one, verse 1 said, In the beginning God created the heavens and the earth, and the earth was without form and void, and darkness was upon the face of the deep, and the Spirit of the Lord moved upon the face of the waters. I want somebody to know that God realized that if there was going to be a shaking, if there was going to be a movement, if there was going to be something that happened, if there was going to be creation, that something had to be right. The atmosphere had to be right. And so the Spirit of the Lord began to move, and He began to shift some things around. Come on now. If we can take anything from Scripture, we can learn from the very first verse of Scripture that God understood there had to be preparation. I'm talking to a church right now. It's time to get ready to be the church. It's time to speak faith. It's time to speak life. God knew that in order for there to be creation, in order for things to begin to start happening, that the environment had to be right. God knew. And so we look at Genesis chapter 1, and somewhere around verse 11, he said, let the earth bring forth its seed and fruit yielding. He said, let, let the earth bring forth. Amen. And in verse 20, he said, let the waters bring forth its kind. And then he said in verse 24, he said, again, let the earth bring forth cattle and every living thing. You know what God was saying? He's saying when the environment was right, now the creator can do what he wants to do. 
when the even if God knew that the environment had to be right. Come on, even even God knew that. And if God knew that, who does the church think that we are? Say, well, I got two minutes, God. I need you to move. And if you don't show up, well, I've got to get going. I've got a busy schedule. No, that makes me God. God is looking for somebody that said, you know what? I'm gonna seek you till I find you. I really don't care about my schedule. I'm gonna make sure I'm full of the Holy Ghost and power because however you want to direct me today, wherever you want to lead me, to whoever you want to talk to, God, I'm available. If you can use anything, you can use me right now. God understood. He said when he said, let the earth bring forth, let the waters bring forth. Notice that God did not say, let the earth bring forth a a fruit tree. I need an apple tree, a pear tree, an orange tree, a banana. No, God didn't do that. He didn't say, I need giraffe. I need cattle. I I, I need a monkey. I need a, a rhinoceros. God didn't do all of that stuff. He said, let the earth do its job. He said, let the waters do their job. God didn't say, I need a shark, I need an octopus, I I need a gray whale, blue whale. God didn't waste time with that. Why? Because God got the environment ready, and when the environment's ready, oh, and the Spirit of the Lord can start creating. Hallelujah. When God speaks, things begin to happen. In other words, let the church be the church. It's time now. God is calling the church. These signs shall follow them that believe in my name. It just happens when you are a believer. A belief is not something that you assent to. It's not a mental assent. It's not an agreement that I agree with that, but I'm not going to obey that. It's not a badge of faith that I wear and say, I'm Pentecostal. Who cares about all that? God wants to know, do you live by faith? Do you follow my commands? Because if you do, these signs shall follow them that believe. And just as he spoke to the earth, do your job. And just as he spoke to the waters, do your job. The Holy Ghost is speaking right now to the church and he's saying, do your job. It's time to do your job. Come on, this is what I called you for. This is what, this is the very moment you've been called to the kingdom for some such a time as this. Hallelujah. He turned to his disciples when the 5,000 were there and he said, I have compassion on these people because they haven't ate yet. And the disciples came to him and they said, hey, send them home so they can get something to eat. And Jesus said, you feed them. Oh, God. Oh, God. You feed them. With what? The disciples start looking around. It's going to cost a lot of money. It's going to cost a month's worth at least to feed all of these people. I ain't got nothing in my pockets. What am I going to feed them with? And God says, you have more than you think you do. Come on, you know more in your sleep than this dark world knows. You've got more in your little bitty old hands than this whole world has in their belly. Come on, they're hungry and they're starving and you have the answer. And it's not say, I'll call on God for you. No, you lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. Oh, God, it's not a rescue mission anymore. If you're looking at God to bail you out, if you're looking at abundant life to bail you out, if you're just looking to say, hey, come to my church and you'll get a Bible study, you'll get what you need there, the time of that is over. It's time to stop copping out. It's time to say, quit saying, God, I don't know. It's just little old me. I can't teach a Bible study. I'm here to tell you it is the will of God. Every one of us are called to evangelize this world and to minister the gospel to each and every one. It's the will of God that you're used. You, yes, you. I'm talking to the least from the least to the greatest. I'm talking to Gideons out there who are hiding beneath or, uh, un, un, uh, behind the wine press and saying, no, I just don't see how you could use me. Stop arguing with God. He called you and filled you with his spirit because he entrusted you with his power. Hallelujah. Not so that you could say, oh, yeah, let me take that name and put it on my prayer list. No, not so that you can cop out. When you have life flowing through your veins, And this world has never experienced the Holy Ghost that you have inside of you. 
when you can lay hands on them and say, can I pray for you right here, right now? I'm not calling pastor to say, hey, can I give you a Bible study? Let me ask you, can I give you a Bible study right here and right now? And if God before you, who can be against you? And if God has called you, I'm here to tell you, who are you to argue with God? Who am I to argue with God? It's time for the church to be that light. To be that city set on a hill which cannot be hidden. To stop hiding behind political correctness. To stop hiding behind, well, I don't want to offend or hurt somebody's feelings. You have the truth of God inside of you. And if you don't begin to open up your mouth and speak, I'm telling you the Lord will hold you accountable for knowing the truth but not sharing the truth. God is not here to rescue you anymore. He's here to empower you and say, I've been with you all this time. It's just time for you to wake up and realize what's inside of you. Oh, a willing vessel. Come on, an empty vessel that God can move through, that I'm not stopping or hindering or blocking him with my agenda, with my plans. You see, God is trying to been, he's been trying to answer your prayer for a long time because you've been praying, God, however you want to use me, use me. And so God tries to mess up your feathers. He tries to ruffle your feathers. He tries to mess up your schedule. He tries to mess up your day just a little bit and, and throw you off course because there's somebody who needs But if you're anything like me, let me just preach to myself here. Sometimes you just get so aggravated and frustrated. Why? Because there's traffic. Because you got to get somewhere and you got to do something. It's not the will of God. God's trying to mess up your day because He's trying to answer your prayers. He is trying to say, okay, you've been asked to be used by me. Can you trust me to mess up your day and still meet your need? Or are you still doing it yourself? You still got to make that bottom dollar, right? You still got to make sure you make your dollar. And I can't mess up your day for nothing to talk to somebody about me because you don't put your trust in me knowing that I'll supply every need, that, that if there's anything that you lack, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, Jesus said, and all these other things will be taken care of if you've got fear or worry or doubt, wondering how you're going to make ends meet. I'm telling you there's a solution to the problem and it's seeking first the kingdom of God. And he will provide every step of the way. I'm here to encourage the church that you have what you need and you are prepared. It is time to awaken that gift. It is time to stir up that Holy Ghost inside of you. It is time to be empowered and to be bold. Come on now, lift up your hands and pray for boldness now. Say, God, I need boldness in the Holy Ghost. Not to go back to my comfortable state, but Lord, to be bold and step out by faith and to be the hands and the feet of Christ. You have enough mouthpieces that are professing one thing but living another. You're not looking for another mouthpiece. You're looking for hands and the harvest. You're looking for workers. You're looking for people's hands to get dirty in the harvest. And I'm one, God. Don't pass me by, but use me. Come on, somebody. Come on now. Lift up your voice and tell God, use me, Lord. Here I am. I'm available, God. Take anything that you want of me uh, from me, God. It's not mine. It didn't start with me. It's not my power. I didn't produce it. I didn't supply it. You are my everything, God. You're my provision, Lord. Anything that you see fit, God, the Lord gives and the Lord takes away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. I will not put trust in what I have accomplished, but I will only put trust in your name. Hallelujah. For neither is there salvation in any other name. For there is none other name under heaven given among men whereby we must be saved. Somebody say the name of Jesus. Come on. I wonder if you could just say the name of Jesus. If you could just keep saying the name of Jesus, the one who rescued you, the one who found you in your lowest state. 
the one who sees you where you are right now, the one who's speaking life to you today. Come on, say his name. Jesus, come on. Demons tremble at the very mention of that name. Every knee will bow and every tongue confess. Every government will bow. Come on, every knee will bow of things in heaven, of things in earth, of things under the earth. And everyone will confess we are on the winning side. I want you to be encouraged today that you have what it takes. It's time to be who God has called you to be that's it hallelujah I surrender Lord that's it right now hallelujah I surrender Lord use me Lord if you're not prepared yet why don't you repent of your sins why don't you find a place to repent why don't you hit your knees in prayer and say God forgive me I've been distracted by the winds and the waves and the storms I've been distracted by other things in my life forgive me God I want to be pleasing to you oh God I I want you to take out the old stony heart and replace it I want you to fill me with your spirit again oh hallelujah that's it, church. Maybe the fathers of your household, you can gather your family together right now. And you can and you can intercede right now. And you begin to press in the spirit right now. That's it. If you can break through that flesh mold, if you can break through that carnality and that comfortability and realize this hour, this very hour right now, God has called us to be the church of the living God. That's it, church. Come on, the Holy Ghost is so strong right now where we are. And I trust you feel the same. Come on, enter in. Tap into what God has right now. Lord, I'm moving from a place where you have to be my Savior to to, to you're my Lord and you're my Master. I'm thankful, God, that you saved a wretch like me. But, Lord, you have empowered me now to be the hands and feet of Christ, to be the extension of your power and of your mercy and of your grace. I'm going to offer mercy when I can offer mercy. I'm going to offer grace where I can offer grace. I'm going to reach out to somebody in a pitiful state so that I can be the hands and feet of Christ. Hmm. Oh, you feed them. You feed them. Because faith without works is dead. James chapter 2 verse 17. Faith without works is dead. He's just quoting from Proverbs 2. He's saying don't tell somebody that come back tomorrow and I'll give you what you need when you have what they need right now in your hands. The disciples looking around, looking in their pockets, questioning what Jesus meant. And Jesus said, what do you have? I'm telling you, look at what you have. Find out. Uncover what I have given to you. Now use what you have. Oh, and when you use what little you think you have, just little bit, the little bit that you possess, you break it, you just put it in the hands of the master and let him break it and let him begin to distribute and let him begin to work. I'm telling you, God is wanting to use you in these last days, church. Let him break it. Let him feed all those who are hungry, all those who need him. Oh. Let them use you to do it, church. I'm convinced more and more in these last days that I'm not making it just me and mine. If I just fend for myself, I'm telling you there's no love in that. There's no compassion in that. Jesus said, you have what it takes. Don't send them home to fend for themselves. Don't tell them to go get it somewhere else. You've got what it takes. You feed them. It's not love to tell somebody, you go fend for yourself when I've got what it takes to give you what you need. James said the same thing. He said, you don't tell a homeless person, hey, be warm, be filled. He said, faith without works is dead. It's time to stop talking about how you live for God. It's time to start proving it with your actions. Let the church be the church of the living God. I'm done.
Maybe the music will want to come. I, 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 just, I, just, I just feel the presence of the Lord so strong right now. The Lord is speaking to us. He's encouraging us. You have what it takes. You're prepared. You may not feel like it. Come on. Look, at, look and see what you have. Place it in my hands. Let me break it. Oh, there's a miracle when you begin to let me start breaking some things. Ah, there's a miracle that's going to be performed when you allow me to start breaking some things. Yes, there's forgiveness right now for somebody who needs it. Come on, just repent. Just tell God, I'm sorry. I'm not going back to a comfortable state. I'm not going back to my old life. I repent. I want you, God, to empower me and to use me for your glory right now. I'm a willing vessel. I'm available. Nothing in the way. I say yes. No negotiation to your word. I'm not negotiating with you, God. I'm just obeying instruction. I'm just doing what you tell me to do. That's it, church. That's the presence of God that you feel. Fathers, come on. Don't let your kids be distracted, fathers. Gather them around. It's time to pray. It's time for the church to be the church. If somebody needs a Holy Ghost in your household, what are you waiting on? Come on, men. Lead the charge now. Lay hands on somebody and pray them through the baptism of the Holy Ghost. As simple as that. Let the church be the church. Come on, let signs begin to follow them that believe. It's not up to just the ministry team anymore. Forget that. You are the ministry team. You have been called. You are a chosen vessel. You are a royal priesthood. You are a holy nation. I'm encouraging you in the Lord. Thank you for listening to this Abundant Life Church podcast. We pray it has strengthened your relationship with God and will continue to be a light unto your pathway to heaven. If you have any questions or comments regarding this podcast, please telephone our ministerial team at 262-965-5177 or email us at info at abundantlifechurch.org.